Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Greetings and welcome to episode 289 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis. Yes, and my name is Barbara. 289. That's pretty spectacular. Isn't that great? We're so close to episode 300. <laughs> yeah, we got to have a party. Of course. We are having a party, I think. What yeah. is this you telling me? You're going to drive an hour to do a custom shade? Yeah, actually, it was an hour and 50 minutes. It's a single central. They're so hard. And so I was like, well, I'll just drive up there. And, you know, when you say things like that, it's before you map quest it, of course, <laughs> right? <laughs> so then I map quest it. I was like, holy shit, it's two hours. And so, yeah, so we moved it to a Tuesday the 17th. But yeah, I do a lot of that. I enjoy it. That's a little far for me, but, you know, single centrals are the hardest thing to do in the mouth. And sometimes you've got to be right there with the patient. Are you doing so, yeah. a shade or a stain? Are you going to stain it while you're there? I was going to do a custom shade on her because we've already done two. And they're struggling um, yeah. with taking the shade. But now what I've thought is I'm going to make maybe two or three uh, Emacs and um, layer them and then bring my oven and then try them all in and then pick the one that looks best. And I can either tweak it or hopefully out of three, it'll work. So, you know. Yeah, that makes more sense than driving there yes, and then back does. and then there again. Yeah. And Ugh. then that's crazy, though. <laughs> I love it, though. Not on a Friday. You know, I want to get in, bust have a great day and go home and so that kind of threw me for a loop but they they canceled yeah which is good for us because then we had time to record Absolutely. you know maybe you could talk the patient into meeting you halfway at like a denny's or something oh i tried, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so how are you i'm doing good. good i'm doing really well really busy got a lot going on with me and derby just kind of just a lot of stuff going on which is good keeps us employed and happy absolutely Got to have something to do in between these recordings. Yes, sir. So what's going on? So recently, I was able to get a hold of a copy of ExoCAD and play around with. Oh, damn. Yeah, I'm kind of on this quest to kind of learn more in the industry outside of my scope. Good for you. And every lab I've ever been with has been huge three-shape. And that's where I do most of my design. But on this podcast, enough people were talking about how great it is and how cool ExoCAD is and all the things you can do with it. Mm -hmm. I thought I'd play around with it for a bit. I don't know if you've ever had to teach yourself a design software. No. It's kind of hard. It's pretty time consuming. You spend a lot of time looking on YouTube to find a video. Yes, YouTube University. Yeah, it's hard to find the video to show you exactly what you wanted to learn without having to watch 14 videos. And then you end up going down a rabbit hole just watching YouTube and then you forget what you're doing. (laughs) But, (laughs) (laughs) so I got ExoCAD and then completely unrelated to me getting ExoCAD, we got contacted by a doctor out of New Zealand that has an ExoCAD training program. Hmm, It's really interesting. Yeah, this guy reached out. His name is Dr. And I'm about to butcher this so much. No. Al Hassini. I'm going to go with it. He's a practicing dentist, but he also owns the Institute of Digital Dentistry. I had no idea what this thing was. Go to the Institute of Digital Dentistry.com. Do yourself a favor and check it out. It's pretty effing cool. 
Awesome. So I signed up for the ExoCAD training, and I got to tell you, it's probably some of the best training I've ever done. Sweet. Yeah. What I love is you can actually download the files that they're training on and like do it along with the instructor. I don't really get a lot of chances to do this because, you know, the job, the podcast, life, all that. I have to do it on my own speed, but this thing allows you to do it. You know, this is a great program that I think if your lab uses ExoCAD would be a great way to train employees. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, definitely. Instituteofdigitaldentistry.com. I'll make sure to put up a link on this episode show notes. So please check it out. It's pretty cool. So speaking of ExoCAD, Elvis, we have really early exciting news to share with our podcast world. Every single year, ExoCAD puts on their big show of the year, and it's in May, and it's called ExoCAD Insights. Last year, and again this year, it's being held in... Mallorca, Spain, of all places. It's an island west of the mainland. And we, you and I, are super excited for this to be our first international trip for the podcast. I mean, that's like super crazy. International superstars. (laughs) We always figured it would be IDS. We were hoping it'd be IDS. But hey, we aren't going to turn down Spain. So many details are yet to come. But if you are an ExoCAD user or just looking for a spectacular, awesome, great dental show in a really super location, head over to exocad.com forward slash insights 2024 for more information. I'm psyched. I am too. It's going to be exciting. I've never been to Spain. So this week we had the extreme pleasure of getting to know the owner of Access Dental Lab, Todd Reed. Todd comes on to talk about his amazing journey through the industry that really started because of how cool a friend's father dressed. (laughs) Starting in the model room, Todd was quickly on an adventure that would land him in pretty much every seat in the lab. In 2016, Todd opens up his own lab and talks about the challenges that come with it and all the people in his life that helped him get to where he is today. It's a great conversation that has a lot of heart and a lot of character. So join us as we chat with Todd Reed. If you are looking for a ceramic or sintering furnace and want an incredible deal, you guys, look no further. Ivoclar has their three ways to save promotion going on now. Connect with an Ivoclar sales representative today to learn about how you can save on a new furnace or you can email customer service at cs.us at ivoclar.com. And please tell them you heard it on the podcast to get free ground shipping by using the promo code 724. One of the hardest parts about getting new equipment is having to pay for shipping. No doubt. This is a huge deal. Those centering oven furnaces, those things are huge and heavy. I'll tell you what, that is so true because I ship pretty much every one of my cases out of state and it's a very expensive endeavor. So to get free ground shipping, guys, come on, let's go. 724. 724. 724. Whether you're looking to elevate your craftsmanship or looking to cut back on cost, look no further. Vita MFT teeth are the ultimate solution for creating lifelike and stunning smiles. 
Crafted with precision and backed by cutting-edge technology, Vita MFT teeth offer unparalleled aesthetics and durability. And since Vita believes in the power of experiencing excellence firsthand, for a limited time only, they are offering you the chance to get a complimentary case sample. That's right, a full case absolutely free. Just visit VitaNorthAmerica.com forward slash free MFT. Don't wait any longer to start providing your customers a premium tooth at an economy price. Redeem your free case sample, and if you're ready to buy, Vita will even give you an extra 10% off discount by shopping online on their newly launched online store. Join the Vita family today, and we appreciate your support of the podcast. Voices from the Bench. The interview. So no running away. All right, I won't. <laughs> cool. Everybody ready to get started? I'm ready. I'm going to go. Hi, Todd. How you doing? Excellent. Thank you. Barb's in a really good mood, so this is rare. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I, love, I, I love that energy. This is <laughs> <energy's> awesome. <laughs> Thank you. We'd like to welcome to the podcast a gentleman who, this might be the longest... Yeah. delay and rescheduling we've ever had before and i do apologize for that todd no problem but todd reed from access dental how are you sir i am well man syracuse the weather is usually uh topsy-turvy but I th- we, we're, we got a stretch to where the weather's really nice and this weekend we're having a company day party so oh I'm fantastic really yeah a company like a party just like hanging out at a picnic or something just like a company party during the day got some friends couple community members just giving back a little bit and actually having a little bit of fun in the process that's fantastic wow. fun in a dental lab i want to come wow. <laughs> so todd i've actually heard quite a bit about the legacy of your lab because i believe we got a few family members running in this thing right Absolutely. So give us the whole laydown of your involvement and in, in the history of Access Dental. So my involvement, I'm the president and CEO of Access Dental Laboratories. My ex-wife, she's a co-founder of it, and my children actually work here. Awesome. Good for you. Yep. So take us even farther back, okay? Let's go all the way back. How did you get into dental technology? Oh, man, I love telling this story. So when I was younger, I was in high school. I had a really good friend. Her name was Danielle Bonifiglia. Oh, no, really? She's yes. Awesome. Do Danielle, we know her, Barb? I know her, yes. <laughs> you, know, you, might, you, you might have heard of her. Danielle Bonifiglia. So I was at a basketball game, and I went up to her dad. His name is Bruce Bonifiglia. And Bruce used to look so cool at those games. And it's like I just went up to him one day, and I said, uh, can I come work for you after high school? <laughs> he said, you're not going to college? I said, uh, absolutely not. And he goes, well, you know, you don't have to go to college to be successful. I didn't go to college and I'm successful. Ditto. Right? <laughs> yep. And so um, it started from there. I was nervous because I was uh, I had an IEP, which I didn't know at the time. It was called a special education diploma. Mm-hmm. That's what they call it. And at the time, I didn't know. But so when I went there to the laboratory to start this sweet lady, her name was Kathy Johnson, got to be like the sweetest person in the world, Scott Johnson's husband. 
and he, Scott was actually my high school coach. Wow, this is running deep. So. <laughs> you you had a friend. Yes. Your friend's dad owned a lab. Yep. And your coach also worked at the lab. Actually worked at the laboratory, right? And his wife, Kathy, actually worked at the laboratory. And so nice. I remember the uh I remember the first day work going to there, it was it was a small laboratory. At first it was a trailer when I was in high school, but then it was expanding. Yeah. And so he just went to this nice small building and Kathy said, uh, Bruce, he has a, a IEP because you can get money for hiring. I guess at the time they thought it was like special needs or something like that. They knew I was a special needs, but whatever, yeah, you yeah. can get a tax break, you can get a tax break, you shouldn't use it. And uh, Bruce said, nope, Todd's going to be fine. <laughs> yep. So what did you go into there to do? I went into the model department. Of course. Oh, yeah. Yep. The model department. Yeah. So did you you and Danielle ever talk about the fact that her dad owned a dental laboratory or did you just know who he was and he was a cool looking cat and you said to yourself, I want to work for that guy? You know what? Danielle never, ever, ever hung her hat on the fact that her dad owned a dental laboratory. Danielle is the most humble, I mean, just happy person I've ever met in my entire life. She's a sweetheart. She never threw that up in anybody's face. So I know, but so what, how did you, you know, figure it all out then? Because Scott Johnson worked there. Oh, all right. Yep. I gotcha. Scott worked okay. there. That makes sense. How do you know Danielle Barr? Uh, Calab board and she speaks everywhere and I knew Bruce and um, I've just known her for years. I don't, I, you know, just, yeah. you know how it goes, our industry. We know. I'm surprised yes. you don't know her, Elvis. My God, you I, know everybody. The name's familiar. <laughs> yeah, she's a neat lady. Anyhow. Yeah, she's a sweetheart. So you started in the model room. Yep. And this was right after high school. This was right after high school. Right after high school. I mean, I've got a ton of really funny, cool, inspiring stories. Let's hear them. <laughs> so Bruce had a, uh, a 500, a 550 Mercedes Benz. Ooh. And I was like, man, uh, I said, can I go wash your car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At first he was like, yeah, right. And then I didn't ask again for a couple more months. But I guess one day he must have had something to do where his car needed to be washed. And then I went down and asked him. And he told me I could go, he go, yeah, go right ahead. So he gave me like 50 bucks to go wash his car. Wow. He said, whatever you do, don't put the top down after you wash it because water can get inside the thing there right yeah it makes sense yeah and this was back when the cars actually had like the uh the phone inside of them oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so obviously right elvis when i took and washed the car not even two seconds after i washed it i took and dropped the top on it and drove downtown auburn and pretend like i was talking on the phone <laughs> and i was hitting the wrong buttons and then like throw them at a stoplight the roll bar goes up the, the all this stuff starts happening to the car. Oh, it, was, no. it was pretty funny, man. I I, I love them to pieces, man. I love. Did them you get in trouble? <laughs> no, nah, I just bought it back and never said nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's the wiser. Eighty dollars worth of phone calls later. Yeah, right. <laughs> driving around, driving by my friend's house, beeping the horn. Hey, man, can I get in? Hell no. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's an awesome guy, man. I love him. So what was the name of that lab? Bonadent. Oh. It was always Bonadent, huh? Even yep. way back. Yep, Bonadent. Yeah. Yeah. So how long were you there for? I was there for five years, and then I quit because of a bunch of self-inflicted wounds and not really understanding the importance of having someone 
to believe in you because I've never had that sort of mentorship mm-hmm. as a kid. You know, grew up in a single parent home, and I never really had that that sort of mentorship. So I didn't really I didn't really appreciate it like I should have. But by the time I quit, I was a kick model technician. You can believe that. Yeah. Cool. If you did it for five years, you were. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was nice. And then um, another guy that worked in the department there, which he learned. I learned a lot from. His name was Frank Bella. I mean, this guy is. Oh my God! I was so afraid of him when I first met him. He never yeah. really said nothing to me unless I did something wrong. But if I said hi to him, he would say hi back. One thing that he told me that was a really inspiring story, and I'll never forget this story. He used to take me fishing with him all the time. And uh, I said, uh, Frank, um, can I come in with on, on Seneca Lake? It was choppy as all crap. And I was nervous. And he, he, he him and his brother Dominic were fishing with us. And uh-huh. so they were laughing at me because I'm just terrified. But then once it got calm, I said, Frank, can I work this weekend? And Frank said, um, for what? I said, I want to buy a pair of Jordan sneakers. Uh-huh. He goes, how much are they? I said, I think like 120. He goes, are you shitting me? <laughs> You're going to work this weekend to go give someone $150? He goes, when you can't pay your rent or your electric bill or your light bill, you call Michael Jordan to see if he cares. Wow. <laughs> ever since then, I've never owned a pair of those sneakers, ever. Wow. Never, never. But did you work that weekend? Yes, I did work that weekend. <laughs> yeah, you still got to work. Worked that weekend, yep. Wow. You just paid bills, which is less exciting. Yeah, just paid bill, which is less exciting. Scott Johnson, an awesome story about him. I remember I would come to work with a, a tie on every day, every day. I would run out of stuff to do, and he would tell me to go clean, mm. right? Yeah. Go clean. If you got time to lean, you got time to clean, right? Yeah, you got time to lean, you got time to clean. <laughs> and so at the, at the time, I was like, man, why can't I just go sit next to somebody else and just listen to see what they're doing or stand over yeah. his shoulder and watch them. But he was like, nope, go clean. Looking back on it, I was really upset about it. But looking back on it, like all of those stories that all those guys, all those values that those guys instilled in me, mm-hmm. I use them today. And I'm constantly reminding and talking to all of my employees about those stories and pouring into them. Sure. You know, they really appreciate it. So I'm, I'm really grateful for that experience that I had at Bonadent. Anytime at our lab when I was growing up and just started and I didn't have anything to do, my dad would tell me to go clean. <laughs> I swear to God. And I would because dental labs are so dusty and nasty and they're just yes. they always need to oh be clean. God. And I'd go on my way and start wiping stuff down. And so, yeah, that must be that generation for sure. But it does instill values, no doubt. Yeah, it, I mean, those guys, man, to me, I'll, I'll always be grateful for them. And every time I get a platform, I'm definitely going to lift those guys up. Yeah. Awesome. So then what? So you're there for five years. Oh, I'm there for five years. I quit. I didn't get fired. A bunch of self-inflicted wounds. Yeah. You know, uh, having kids out of wedlock and uh, experiencing getting in trouble with the law and stuff like that. I, I quit. And I went and worked at a uh, place called uh, Pactive. And so they used to make um, the, the packaging for like Wonder Bread and stuff like that. And so, like, the base color, Elvis, is white. And so the white is, like, tied to a silo. It's hooked to uh-huh. a silo. So you always have white. You might have to put other uh, other colors in there. You have to check the viscosity of the inks, right? So I said, uh, okay, I'll, I'll take the job. And then it was at work. I was working at night. Yeah. And then so one day, the, the white got, it got low. So you know how when you go to get gas, how they have that clicker? Yeah. That you can just keep going. 
I put the clicker on and fell asleep. Oh, oh no. Sh- oh, <laughs> shit. That's never good. <laughs> I'm guessing uh, white was everywhere. Oh, my God. I think... You would think I fell asleep for two days. It was oh, <laughs> it was only like it was only like ten minutes. It was oh. white ink everywhere. <laughs> I was like, "What am I going to do?" I didn't even go in the office to talk about the situation. I just stood up and, and bowed out. <laughs> <laughs> I just stood up and bowed out. I'm guessing you didn't even go back for your last paycheck. Oh, nah. They, they, they sent it to me. They sent it to me. They probably still oh, wow. that crap up. I remember Bruce. That's hilarious. Talking about the laboratory that he was going to build in Seneca Falls. And this laboratory was going to have a daycare in it. It was going to have a cafeteria, a workout oh, facility, wow. an auditorium. And it was going to be really employee-centered. Sure. Right? Laboratory. So I'm sitting at home. It's like, oh. All right, let me go visit my mom. My mom lives out in Seneca Falls. And I just drove by there one day and something said, at least try. Hmm. Yeah. And I went in there and I just asked for my job back. They they welcomed me back with open arms. I bet they did. Yes, they did. That's awesome. Yeah. When you went back, did you go back into the same position or were you able to pivot? I was able to pivot. So what I did was the model department was all set. So I worked on Scott Johnson's team. I was polishing metal, metal collars. Oh, my God. Oh. Yeah, that's a tough job. <laughs> yeah, I was polishing. I was polishing and opaquing. Yep, yep. And those are those are the jobs you give to the most challenged employees, if you know what I mean. The ones that keep getting in trouble and yeah, yeah, like you and I. You mean? Yeah, right. Too short attention span. So <laughs> those are the jobs you give those guys. And, and that's not the down play that position. Because you don't stop working all day. You don't get up off your chair because you, you got cameras moving out everywhere. Yeah, yep. I know. And, and your fingers look amazing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so this is Bonadent at their new location? Yeah, in Seneca Falls. Yep. Is that the one that's in a Walmart? No. Actually, that Bonadent is the Bonadent before that Walmart was already running. Bruce pr- purchased a property in the back of that Walmart. Oh. Yep. So the lab was in the back of a Walmart? Yeah. There was a there was a bonnet in, and then there was a piece of grass and there was Walmart on the other side. Interesting. Yep. Smart man. Yep. So you went in there, started metal finishing. Yep. Collars and opaquing. Yep. And there was this guy there, his name is Pat Rector. This guy had to be the most happiest person on the face of the earth. So I said, Pat, why are you so happy? Why, why are you so happy all the time? He goes well, I make over $100,000 a year. I have beautiful kids. I have a beautiful wife. And I have a beautiful home. And I'm passionate about what I do. Nice. Yep. So Pat became my new best friend in the laboratory. Hmm. What was he doing? Ceramist. Oh. oh there you go. I know that. That was coming. Yeah. I knew that was coming. He was a ceramist. And he made the most beautiful single unit crowns I've ever seen in my entire life. What years are we talking at this point? We got to be talking 2009. 2009, yeah. Yeah, I want to say 2009. So the monolithic hasn't hit no, it wasn't. yet. So ceramics were still huge demand. And yeah. really in really huge demand. I remember at Bonnet, a good friend of mine, Bruce's godson, Joe Nigro, brought over a, uh, a zirconia crown to me. He said, could you put some anatomy in this? <laughs> <laughs> With a hammer. Yeah, right? Right? A chisel. Yeah. And so I got to uh, 
learn how to be a ceramist, not only from Pat Rector. I mean, when you, when you want to talk about inspiration, like Pat really inspired me, but it was Bruce who really allowed me the, the space to be creative Yeah. while learning at the same time. Yes, it, it was Bruce and, and Scott and Scott Johnson. Yep. Scott was hard on me, but if he wasn't hard on me, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Yeah. Did you do that on your time? So did you still do the opaquing and the polishing and then go over and watch him and get trained? Or did you actually switch departments at that time? I would actually have to get like permission to go over there while I was on the clock. Yeah. Okay. To watch Pat. But then I kind of like would like I would tell Scott, give me, give me one unit and let me see if I can do it. And, and Scott would give me a unit to do. But I realized in doing that is that not everybody has good days. So Pat would have bad days and who wants a a, a kid excited standing over him, asking questions when they got cases that have to go. So I realized that I would have to piece things together. So I sat next to on our team was Michelle Guy, Tim, and uh, I forgot whoever else, who else it was over there. But um, those would have No worries. You've been amazing on names, by the way. Yeah, right. (laughs) And uh, Peter Zimbeck, all those guys. So I took bits and pieces from, like, let's say Tim was really good at contacts. I would go watch Tim do contacts. Mm -hmm. Pat was good at occlusion. I would go and watch Pat do occlusion. Um, If y'all was good at building up, I would go watch her. Scott was good at, and I would always watch him. And then taking all those bits and pieces and kind of putting my own twist on it and making it my recipe. Yep. Yeah. It's the best way to do it. Yeah. Yep. And that coupled with YouTube, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Pat, I would get down and Pat would give me like uh, motivational CDs to listen to, like uh, Tony Robbins. It was pretty cool, man. It was pretty cool. So you had a lot of people helping you along the way, but it yes, was mostly, but it was you driving yourself, though. I mean, you're definitely a self-motivator from what I'm hearing. Yep. I would have my down moments and stuff like that and, and just go out and do something stupid to get myself in trouble and but Bruce was like, he was always there for me, always there for me, kicked me in the butt. I remember one time he said, um, I, I did something really stupid. And he said, look, I love you, but I don't love you enough to see you sit here and hurt yourself like this. So you need to go take care of whatever you got to take care of. Don't worry about it. Your job will be here when you get back. Wow. Yeah. They don't make them like that anymore, you know? No, they don't. They really don't. Yeah, well, they got one here, and then I wouldn't be where I'm at right now if it wasn't because of him. And I do have that kind of grace when it comes to um, the people that work for me. Yeah. And I wouldn't have it if I didn't experience it myself. That's amazing. All right, so now you're a ceramist, and you're learning yeah. a ceramist. And then so you were a ceramist. Did you get to, to be able to do that full-time after a little while? Absolutely. Oh, we've got a star. Let's move him over. Let's give him yeah. more. Yep. So it was funny that that journey on being a ceramist, right? And I'm pretty sure you can relate to it. Oh, yeah. So I would do like 16 units a day because that's the, that's the standard. Yep. And just make them pretty, not make them functionable at all. Jeez. <laughs> oh, it's the aesthetics. <laughs> it's the aesthetics that matter, right? I want to be an artist. Yep. Right. And so what I would do was I would make 16 really nice units and be like, I'm done. <laughs> and be done in like seven hours. It usually takes eight hours to get all those units done, but I would get done in like seven hours. And none of them fit the model. None of them fit the <laughs> model. Like, I don't know, I'm talking about like 14 of them got kicked back. Uh... Scott Johnson would be over there grinding on the occlusion. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Oh man. This context got to be close. We had these carts that used to put our work on, 
and these carts had QC tags on them to show yeah. what was defective, check off a contact or something like that. So I would leave and come back to work in the morning, and my cart would actually look like a damn float with all the tags hanging. <laughs> every case had every color. Every, every case, Elvis. Elvis. Oh my god! And then, but once I, I was, so I got back into uh, looking at PT, watching PTC. Oh yeah. So what that did was I watched it before, but I was so excited to just to be like, "Hey, look what I did!" Yeah, I wasn't worried about function. I just want to make a pretty crown. Yeah, that's hilarious. So I went back to PTC and I got back grounded on a systematic way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Right, first bake, second bake, glaze, not first bake, final touch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? I that. I'm surprised you opaqued for so long without just stacking so much opaque on it that oh i was i was bad at that too for a while <laughs> just nobody told you yeah, nobody told me <laughs> yeah so did you go through the whole ptc program yeah yeah, yeah. I went through the ptc program actually we have so for our new employees we hire probably once every six months mm-hmm. so what we do is we give our uh employees the same things that uh i had when i was going coming up right Yep. So I would have a, I had a laptop that died. Bruce bought me a laptop because I like doing it at home. He purchased me yeah. a laptop. So I give our employees laptops. He, uh, I went through the PTC training. So I give our employees PTC training. The, the best part about the PTC training is that it teaches you a systematic way of doing things. Mm-hmm. Sure. Everybody's on the same page. Yep. And you could actually do that. You could actually roll some of that PTC training over into some of your CAD CAM stuff. So when you're designing, because people think just because it's CAD CAM, the machine, will, the, the, the It'll design. No, it won't. You don't mm-hmm. have to have that that dexterity, but you also you have to have some sort of knowledge about teeth because the teeth you still have to make it functional. Yeah, not just pretty. Not just pretty. <laughs> oh my god, that was so awful. That was so bad. So how long did it take you to get good? So you come in with all your cases from the day before, and then what you do? You went through the PTC and realized, all right, I'm going to get this in one, do it right, and yep. Do you remember the day you had no color tags? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, probably five years later. Wow. Oh, wow. But every, every once in a while, everybody, everybody gets one, one open contact or something like that. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. But yeah. It, it became less after a span of time. Yep. Yeah. So you became a ceramist. Yep. And then what? And I was off to the races, man. I started setting goals. I always wanted to do more than the uh, average technician. Mm-hmm. Right. Bonnet and Standard was 16 units in a day. I think I was up to like 19 in eight hours. Nice. Yep. And I was, you know, it was so funny. I used to take crowns down to Bruce to show him. <laughs> and he would, <laughs> and what he would do, he'd look at it. I don't know if it was busy that day. Or maybe he was just protecting me and, you know, just cheering for me. Because sometimes, yeah. even in someone's, you know, when, when they're not doing so good, you, you still should cheer for them. Yeah, sure. And so uh, what he would do, I would take a crown down there and show him. And he was like, oh, my God, this is beautiful. And he'd sit there and look at it because he had loops right at his desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I would bring the crown back to uh, Scott Johnson. And Scott was like, it's high in occlusion. The contacts are open. <laughs> <laughs> After you showed it to Bruce and he told After you. I showed it to Bruce. Well, Bruce, you know, I, he, he's really, really good at getting the best out of people. Even when they don't think that they're doing the best. He is. He's really good at that. That says a lot about an owner. Yeah. So how long were you there for? When I came back, I was there for 20 years. Holy schmoly. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's a long time. There for 20 years. 
And were you a ceramist the whole time? Yeah, I was a ceramist the whole time. You know, it's funny. I used to work out at Bruce's house because he's, I, you know, he knew I needed extra money, so he would always give me an opportunity to make extra money. Oh yeah, he needed someone to drive him somewhere and stuff like that. And so, I like all of those trips and and journeys that I would go on with him and meetings and stuff that I had to sit out in the car and wait for him. He'd get back in the car and we just talk from like Rochester to to his house in Geneva, not knowing that one day I would own a laboratory. And that I would take in those same lessons that he taught me, that they would come to where I would have to use those tools Yeah. in my everyday you know, life. So it wasn't just how to be a, a really good ceramist, a really good technician. It was about being a, a good person. Yeah. It's amazing what you can learn from people, which is a little quality time. Yep. Yep. I used to drive the limo. I used to, I used to do all sorts of crazy shit, A limo? Yeah, wow. man. So... so <laughs> So they had this one thing, right, at Bonner that where the doctors would come in and do the uh, seminars. Yeah, yeah. And I would always want to go to a seminar. Always, 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 always. And so I said, um, can I go to the seminar? No. Only like the managers would go to the seminars and stuff like that. And a couple of the managers, one manager, he would always get on me about, you know, wanting to go to a seminar and not being good enough to go to a seminar. Well, that's kind of pretty. Yeah, it, was. <laughs> it, did. It, 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 it did. But you know what? I was just like, you know what? Whatever. I'll, I'll find a way. To, I'll find a way. Yep. And then so I looked out and I was walking by Bruce's office one day. I heard somebody say, who's going to drive the limo? <laughs> Go pick up the speaker. <laughs> so Bruce was like, see, I guess Bruce said, see if Todd can do it. Nice. Like, he called me down. I said, you don't have to have like a chauffeur's license. He goes, no, it's a privately owned limo. So just don't get in an accident. So he said, pick it out. <laughs> Take it out and drive it around. Just take wide turns. That's all you have to do, take wide turns. And yeah. keep in mind that there's a human being in the back of that vehicle. And th- their life depends on you. Yeah, true. So I started driving a limo. And whatever they learned, and whatever that doctor talked about in that seminar, guess what? I got my own private seminar on the way from Rochester, on the way from Seneca Falls to Rochester. And I got a $50 tip. Plus everything nice. he talked about in that uh I even got a book from, from Dr. Blanchford, I believe. He was one of the speakers that bonded it. He signed me this book, and I still have it to the day. Nice. Uh, I want to thank my man, Todd Reed, a really awesome ceramist and the best limo driver ever. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just driving them around, drilling them with questions, pulling out all that content. Yeah, because they would be uh, at the back of the limo. Yeah. But then they'd come all the way up to the partition. That's cool. Yeah, it was pretty dope. And tell you That's everything some... you needed to hear. Yep. That's pretty smart, man. Yep. Yeah, it is. It was. It was a great opportunity. So obviously you're not at Bonadin anymore. No. Tell the story of leaving that and going out on your own. Oh, wow. All right. Now is now what is how how do the kids say to say it today? Now it's real. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I won't go into why I left. I won't go into uh, the nah, yeah, no worries. Event and anything like that. But um, I quit. Yeah. Because uh, things that transpired. I went and worked at this place called. Oh, my God. This place was like the worst place to work. But they gave me the money that I put on my vision board. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So I, I believe in like having vision boards and stuff like that. So I created a vision board with a price on it. We'll bleep out that lab name, but why was it so bad? It was so bad because the owner was, like, not a nice person. Oh, yeah. He was not a nice person. Especially when you go from one to the other. 
right? And so I went there, you know, he, he gave me the money I wanted. But honestly, I actually felt like when I went there to work, he gave me $114,000. You know what I felt like? $114,000 slave. Oh, yeah. Don't bleep that out. Because this guy would torture people and he would just threaten people. And, and I'm just like, are you kidding me? But then I met my wife. So when I met my wife, I told her, I said, one day I'm going to own my own dental laboratory. Nice. Yep. And she said, what's a dental lab? No. <laughs> yeah, right? That's what she said. What's a dental lab? That. And I told her what I did and stuff like that. And she actually had the opportunity at that time. I was still working at Bonneton. So she actually came yeah. over and stuff like that. And uh came over to buy it in like Christmas parties and stuff like that. Sure. She was like, all right, you want to own one of these one day? And my wife is like, she, at the time, she's like limitless thinker. She, there's nothing she can't do. There's no obstacle if you want it and let's go get it. Yeah. And then, so one day, right. So check this out. This is so funny. <laughs> so one day, right. I'm making like $114,000 and I buy a nice house. And then like a month later, we, I come into work, this idiot, calls everybody in the ceramic department and says next week, 14 people won't be working here. Nice. Doesn't tell you who? Didn't say who. (laughs) So everyone just spent the whole week thinking it might be them. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be me. And so one night, obviously it was raining and I just came home and I was just like depressed. I was like really depressed because as as men, we're put on this earth to protect and provide. Mm Mm-hmm. I told my my wife at the time, I said, you know, at any point, Mark could take this from me. And he's that person that won't care. And so she goes, okay, well, how does it look? I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, you met me. You told me that you were on your own dental laboratory. How does it look? Wow. I said, you know what? Let's go downstairs and and drink a whole bottle of barefoot Pinot Grigio. There you go. That's a girl. (laughs) And let's start visualizing. And I sat there and she said, okay, walk through the laboratory. I said, when I walk through the laboratory, I I, I say hi to my executive assistant. I walk into my office. She tell me what schedule I got. I walk through shipping and receiving. I see black people. I see white people. I see Puerto Rican. I want it to look just like heaven. Mm. And then as I'm talking Elvis and Barb, I, 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 no lie. Only thing I hear is this right here. I just hear her typing. I was going to say, yeah, she's either writing or typing. Yep. I just heard her typing. Yep. After all that was over, you go to sleep excited, but you wake up the next day. Hung over. No. (laughs) With a headache. (laughs) Okay. So now what's the next action item? Yeah. Everybody can have a dream. So what's the next action item? So I, I went downstairs in my basement and I'm thinking about, okay, you can put a sink over here. You can put an oven over here. You can put a bench over here. Okay. So where's the money going to come from? I just had like thirty, thirty thousand dollars all together. Me and my my wife had like thirty thousand yeah. dollars. I had a friend named Ricky Brown. He worked for a Center State CEO. My wife said you need to go see Ricky. So I went to see Ricky. Ricky said, uh, "Well, how much uh, how much does this project cost? And do you have a performer?" I didn't know that was short for business plan. Mm. Oh, I didn't know either. Yeah, I was I like, what? <laughs> my ex wife did. Yeah. And so she said, don't worry about that. We'll get the performer. And then so I was telling him my vision and, and my um, my vision for the laboratory. And he told me, he said, you know what? He goes, Todd, I've never met nobody like you in my entire life. He goes, you articulate your vision so awesome, so well. Mm. $30,000, 
whatever it takes to build this laboratory, I want you to think bigger. Wow. Really? I want you to think bigger. I want you to pretend like I just gave you a million dollars. I said, okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay. And so, you know what? Because I believe God put people in your life for a reason, mm-hmm. right? To either add to you or subtract. And so what Ricky did, he expanded my vision and I went home and I just doodled on some paper, like walking through the laboratory, like whatever. And then um, he said, okay, now you're going to need a grant writer. So he hired a grant writer. But at the time, life is still going on. Yeah. Right? You're still, still working still, for a d***head. I'm still working for a d***head. <laughs> Sorry. Right? And if you see him, he looks just like a d***head too. Yep. <laughs> so I, I, I went and I did that. And so now my savings is going down, 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 down. So we went to hire a grant writer and we found one. And she was really awesome. I'm thinking once he finds out what is going on, I'm done. I'm definitely done. So hired the grant writer. And Chanel was my ex-wife was like, all right, this is it right here. I got to give her $5,000 tomorrow. And after the that, grant writer? another 5,000 and another 5,000. Yeah. But the grant writer said, don't worry about it. There's nobody in Syracuse that ever had an idea like this. They're going to give you what you want. Yep. They're going to wow. give you whatever you want. Well, well, hold on real quick. Take me back. Like what's a grant writer? Someone that writes grants. For like so, but how do you get the grants? Like, where what, what? So, what happens is this right here. Okay, let's say so. A grant is for either a not for profit or for profit. Okay. And so, like, I'm a for profit, so I just have to say, you know what? Give me five hundred thousand dollars for machinery and build out of a space, and I promise you, I'm going to create nineteen jobs. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. And the government in the state says, okay. And they just give it to you or is it loaned? No, it's not. It's, it's not loaned. Yeah. Right. So let's say my, my total project was 1.1.8 million. Right. Mm-hmm. So what I did was number one, I had to come up with 20% of that 1.8 for the banks. Yowzer. Right? And then what I had to do was get the grants. Let's say one grant was $500,000. Mm-hmm. So that makes it easier for the bank to loan me $1.8 million. Cause now I'm only at, after I get that, uh, after they get that 500,000, yep. I only owe them what 800,000. Yep. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, so, sense. and then, so now there's other benefits and stuff like that. And you know what? Everything that I did to build this laboratory, I watched Bruce do to build his laboratory. Wow. Every, I remember clear as day, us driving by that Walmart when it was closed, it was abandoned. Bruce said, every time I drive by that building, it goes, Bruce, Bruce. <laughs> Funny. Yeah. Wow. So you had something calling you, Todd? Did you have your building calling you? Yeah. Yep. But that building didn't happen because of certain situations and stuff like that. It was costing me too much money Yeah. to get the, because uh, of the area that it's in the uh, insurance on it because we're, we're in an impoverished area in Syracuse, right? It's called the opportunity zone. And then and plus my company is an opportunity zone. So if someone else wants to come out, like an investor wants to come out and invest in my laboratory, it would abate their taxes, I believe for a couple years mm-hmm. because they're investing in an opportunity zone. Nice. They get a tax break. Yep. So, but interesting. Sweet. And then COVID hit. Oh, this was all right before COVID. This huh? was all right before COVID. Oh my God, this yeah. wasn't that long ago, sir. No, That's it wasn't. Wow. And then one day I'm, I'm at a dental. 
calls me in the office. He goes, yeah, we're, we're, we're done. Didn't even say thank you for everything you've done. Good luck in your dreams and your vision. You know, I, I wish you nothing. But he goes, we're done. The guy that worked there, the, the guy there, I call him the guy. This, these are the most racist people I've ever met in my entire life. Ugh. It's like, seriously. Yeah. I couldn't believe some of the stuff that they would say to me as a person. Like, who talks to people like that? But I can't yeah. do nothing because what am I going to do? Yeah. Go I'm, work at I'm, Walmart to pay my $3,000 mortgage at my house? Yeah. I'm hoping the lab shut down for good. No, it's still going. Yep, that lab is still going. They, they, told, they tried to discourage me. Aspen will never do business with a, a N word and um, oh, nice. yeah, it, it was bad. It was it was wow. awful. It was awful. So the grant writer, so she kicked ass, right? How much? Yes, money, she did. How much money did you get from grants? If you don't mind me asking, I think I got about eight hundred thousand dollars. That's spectacular. Yep. Wow. Eight hundred thousand, and so how it happens is right. I didn't think I got anything. So I'm sitting down there, the governor Cuomo, he's talking about all the money he's given to each region for certain things. And I'm thinking he's going to say access to the laboratory. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sitting down there watching it. And then the show went off. He said something about giving like $75 million to upstate New York or whatever. I was like, but he didn't say my name. <laughs> Elvis, then the phone started ringing. Everybody's saying, congratulations, man. Congratulations. You guys did it. And then they sent us a printout of where the money was going and who it was going to. I was like, oh, my God. So fantastic. Oh, my gosh. I could not believe this. So that this was August. 2019. So, like, you just got to go. You got to work, huh? Yeah, I got to work. I got to design in a team. Yep. So when I was at Bonadent, Bruce gave us a book to read called 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership yep. by John C. Caldwell, yep. which is my favorite book to this day. I figure I'm really good at four of those laws. So I had to surround myself with people that were good at the other 17. Mm-hmm. And I was getting an un- unemployment check at the time too, because I was fired, right? Yeah. So I would have to give people like some of my unemployment check because I didn't want them to feel like they was working for nothing. And, wow. Uh, yeah. So you obviously didn't open up in your basement anymore. No, I didn't. Yeah. Nope. So you bought a building or leased or rented or whatever? So right, so right now I'm leasing space from the Syracuse Community Health Center. And we have a state-of-the-art dental laboratory in this place, man. It is really, really nice. So you built it all out pretty much from scratch. Built it all out from scratch. This was an old uh, IT department. Oh, so you're already hardwired in for all the CAD cam. Yeah. Nah, uh-uh. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Pretty <laughs> Not much, that lucky. Yeah. We pretty much gutted this entire place. It was a bunch of cubicles and some walls and stuff like that. So we pretty yeah. much started out with a blank slate. Wow. Yep. So what year did you actually physically open? So that was 2019. You got the grants. How long? When, when did? When was your grand opening? 2016, I believe, or 17. Wow. We've been open for a year and eight months. Wow. Yep. Before COVID hit. Before COVID hit. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yep. Like I see Bonadent trucks all the time. I see like I go to my clients, you know. I see Bonadent business cards and I see, oh sure, yeah, the that. boxes and but, the bags. Yeah. And, yeah, and you know what? I know exactly what I signed up for. I'm not bitter. I don't get mad. I'm not talking crap about them because you know what? I know Bruce went through the same exact thing when he brought Bonadent from. I would actually hear the conversations. Yeah, right. It's par for the course. 
There's no love lost. There's enough teeth to go around. There's enough business to go around for all of us, honestly. Right. There's a lot of competition, but there's also a lot of business. Yes, it is. Yeah. And so we're, we're not hurting. Our company's growing. This month, we, we built out the most we've ever built out ever. So we broke a record. Congratulations. So wow. Congratulations. Had a pretty good bill out this month. Are you full service? Yes, we are. Wow. What do you know about removable, Mr. Ceramist? Are you kidding me? <laughs> um, so this, this, this is so funny. So this guy's name was Bill Gilmore. He had a laboratory in his garage. Yeah. Because I knew him for working. The so I said, so I got to learn dentures. So I went over there and in his garage, this guy was like from zero to 60. One minute he'd be happy. The next minute he'd be throwing stuff. and It's all that bottomer, man. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I mean, just all over the place. Yep. Because he was like, yeah, you know what, man? I uh, I want to I wanna come over there and help you out, but I ain't got time to train a bunch of monkeys. And you know what? Again, that's par for the course. I had to I had to learn how to make dentures. I had to sit and eat that shit. Yeah. I had to sit there and eat it. Because I, I had to have some sort of knowledge on this. So he taught me how to set dentures. Wow. Well, going through all that bullshit. I know we've talked about a lot of stuff, and I mentioned a lot of names. Yeah, yeah, no, it's all good. But it, it's my truth, so... I'm not going to come up here and tell you everything has been gravy. I'm not going to do that. So during all that time, you learned to set teeth, finish dentures. Yep. Oh, wow. Yep. So when you opened your new lab, did you go into wanting to do Crown and Bridge and dentures? And No, I didn't. I, I did not want to do uh, dentures. But then I realized how much the uh, materials cost. I was like, I can get a bucket of this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> right. I mean, the margins, the margins, the process is drawn out, but the margins are very good. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about that. I mean, did you start by yourself? Did you no, bring I on? Had I, a mean, team. I had a team of. Yeah. Talk about this team. All right. So the first person on the team was Mr. Samuel Jackson. Me and my ex wife went out to dinner. And uh, it's funny because the night before, I prayed for leadership. And then I went out the next day and we went out. And this, this guy stands up and I was like, cause he actually had on our company colors. And he said, uh, I, I walked up, I said, I don't, that guy right there is a leader. I don't know what he's leading. He's leading something. And then my ex-wife and my friend said, go over and say something to him. So I went over there and talked to him. Yeah. He goes, well, I do leadership right now, but I'm, I'm always open for other opportunities. I said, well, can you come to my house tomorrow? You and your, you and your wife, I met her and came to the house. I showed him the vision board for the laboratory. And then, uh, we're all sitting down and asking, what were your dreams and aspirations? He goes, well, what's the uh, address of this house? I said, it's 422 David Drive. He goes, well, I want to live at 425 David Drive. Hmm. I looked at my wife and I said, I got our chief operating officer. Yeah, I was going to say, you're hired. Yep. And we've been together ever since. And right now, he's our chief operating officer. He runs nice. his laboratory really well. Wouldn't wow. be here without him. Good for you. Did he know anything about dental before? No, he knew nothing about it at all. Oh, wow. Nope. So he just makes sure the lab flows through, our bills, are, our bills are paid, and people pay their bills. And he's getting it. He's talking to, he talks to dentists all the time and just makes sure I can sleep well at night. Nice. Yeah. Good then person. I hired uh, Rick Hemis. He was like a, he's a CDT. I know uh, Rick. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I know Rick. That's awesome. Good dude. Yeah. Yep. I had Rick Hemis, 
Melissa, she worked over at Aurora Dental. She was a designer. She was really passionate about what she did, but they treated her like crap. And I would call her every now and then. She called me, hey, how's everything going? I said, things are a little slow right now, but do me a favor, stay positive, learn as much as you can learn. It's going to pay off. And so now, actually, she works here. She's our CAD CAM department manager, and she's really, really awesome. That's great. She's really good at what she does, and she's very loyal. And that's what, um, if it's one thing, one very, very important, all those lessons were important. What uh, Bruce taught me was you can't train loyalty. No, true. So true. So very true. Yep. And I'd rather have a loyal person than a skilled technician because I could teach you how to make teeth. Yep. True that. Are you still at the bench? Every once in a while, I'll get over there, barb, and get my hands dirty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said your kids were in there. So what are your kids doing, your children? So my daughter, Alexa, is our logistics manager. Mm-hmm. Nice. And my son, Maurice, is our digital acquisitions manager. So he makes sure our cases come in digitally. He makes sure they get to physical form. Yeah, smart. Yeah, and I'm assuming they're like in their 20s, right? They're young? Yeah. My son Todd Jr. was working here, but he'll be back. He just got to, I got to teach him some life lessons. Yeah, that makes sense. It's not going to be gravy all the time. I remember uh, everybody that owns companies say they fired their son, so I'm not exempt. <laughs> That happened with my sister. My sister was back and forth a couple times, and then she landed, and she's been here ever since. So I, yep, I and that's that. exactly how it happened. And yep, sometimes you got to go to come back to get stronger. When I left Bonnet and I came back, I appreciated it a lot more. Mm-hmm. So you've got future. So you're definitely going to be there around a long time, especially with your kids there. And you do like I'm sure they love working with you. Do you ever get all up in their? Shit? Oh, 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 all the time. <laughs> yeah, all the time. Gotta keep them honest. Yep. And so we're here now and uh, life is good. We go through our ups and downs. I just lean on the uh, lessons that I was taught at Bonnet in the um, the book, 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Yeah, I like so I that. Try to show some grace to employees and get the most out of them while they're here so they can go home and have an awesome quality of life. What is it called? 21 what? 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Okay. Got it. Awesome. I'm ordering. Amazon right now. Got like lesson plans and it talks about uh, the law of addition, which is my favorite law. It's about adding value to other people. Nice. That'll be your favorite law. Get back with me after you read the book. I will. I'm I'm hitting by. Sorry, Elvis. All right. Well, cool. I'm going to check that out. I love, I love books more and more the older I get, you know, just trying to fill my brain with good stuff. So thank you. No problem. So how many people are you up to now at the lab? 15. 15. Do you have room to grow? Absolutely. At capacity, I can do 35. Oh, you got all sorts of room to grow. Yep. And we should be at capacity. We should, uh, I don't want every chair filled, but sure. uh, at capacity, I think in about a year and a half, we'll be at capacity. You're going to grow that fast. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Think about it, right? You got DSOs. Yeah. Sure. You got general dentistry and you have government dentistry. So to really scale, you can go into DSO. Yep. yep. If you want to make it cheap. If you want to make it cheap. <laughs> but here's, here's the thing, right? So the area that I'm in, the median income is $30,000. And so what I try to do is get our employees up to at least $50,000 after their year, calendar year of being here. Wow. You know, the margins are small, right? But I don't, I don't want for nothing. You know, this is, this is going to be my legacy. 
Do I want to drive a, a nice a, a Bentley or a, a Lamborghini truck one day? Absolutely. And you know what? I will. But I've got to take care of these people first. Then that'll come. And I remember going up. This story keeps me very patient. I remember driving up to uh, Driver's Village with Bruce to pick up an Audi. And I said, why don't you get another Mercedes? He goes, nope. I go, he goes, I'm not there yet. I got to make sure you guys are all set. Then I can go get another Mercedes. But the Audi's okay. But the Audi's okay. <laughs> yeah. and, I don't, and I don't mean to keep bringing those guys up or anything like that, but it's, it's my truth. Yeah. No, they seem to have a huge impact on your life. Yeah, and absolutely. I think it's important to talk about those people that really help us in our career and Look at you, a successful lab owner now. I mean, you have to talk about the people that got you there. And people like always try to come around and they want to talk about them. Like, well, we're not going to have that conversation about Bonnevent in this office or in this laboratory. And so that's nice to set the standard. When people come here, they know it's not about what Bonnevent's got going on or what dental has going on. It's about what we're doing. Yeah. If you're not praising people, leave them alone. Exactly. Focus on you and not them. Yep. So what is your lab known for now? What do you excel at? What do we excel at? Our fix department. Yeah. Our fix department and our customer service. Sweet. Yep, our communications. Our communication, like if there's a problem with with a case and, and, it's, in, and it's within uh, driving distance, we'll go right to the go right to the office and make sure those guys are taken care of. Elvis did that today. That's what I do for a living. I love it. It's important. Yep. And digital, I mean, you talk a lot about removable and you have a CAD cam manager. Are you dabbling in the digital dentures? Not yet. I'm going to onboard a, uh, I have a prospect I'm going to onboard that's going to get us started in digital dentures. Nice. Rio, fantastic. Nice. Well, I wish you the best of luck, Todd. I'm so Thanks, impressed. Thanks, Barbara. I appreciate that. Absolutely. What a great success story. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Elvis. It's like, you know, the timing is perfect, right? We kept getting delayed and delayed. And guess what? We're here now. So I appreciate you guys. Yeah. And you sound like an amazing leader. Um, I really love that. They really don't make them like you. My dad was very similar. Sounds like Bruce was the same. But I think the leadership and the just the love of people and wanting to see them be better and make money and be stable and just be a good person. It's very, yep. I, I just give you all, all the props, sir. I love oh, thank you very much. Thank yeah. you very much. I really appreciate it. And you're a ceramist, so, you know, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you're automatically winning her book. <laughs> True that. Well, Todd, thank you so much, sir. All right. No problem, man. I just got an extreme makeover. Wow. So, um, I just got a, a full upper and lower. Come um, on. I got veneers. Nice. I got veneers. I got Emacs. I got zirconia. So I got a million dollar smile now. Good so for I'll, you. I'll be sure to send you guys a, a, another profile picture. Good for yeah. you. Fantastic. Yeah, and I'm sure your lab made it, which is even better. A hundred percent. Heck yeah. Did you make I played a very important role in designing. <laughs> you can find that. Yep. I bet you did. Shout out to Smile Solutions, Dr. Dorothy and Juan Kassab. Nice. Yep. Those are my buddies. Love the partnership. Yeah. Cool, Todd. Have a great holiday weekend. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. You take care of yourself. You guys let me know if you ever need anything. I'll be right here. Appreciate it. All right. God bless you. A big thanks to Todd for coming on our podcast and telling us all about your journey. Tell you what, what an amazing story of success that came out of some pretty rough patches. 
It really goes to show you all that associating yourself with the right people, being true to who you are, and and treating others well, success will and can happen. And one can open a lab just like heaven. All right, everybody. That's all we got for you. And we will talk to you next week. Enjoy the weather. Bye. We all live in it, and we're all shocked by it every time it happens. Yeah.